Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. I thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we've been looking through the Scripture in a lot of different places in all these episodes together. We're right now in 1 Peter and uh, Peter is writing to a group of exiles. Remember that. They're believers, okay? But they had been run out of town, literally. We're in the fifth chapter, and he's been telling them how they are to sort of relate to each other, particularly particular groups. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if he was dealing with specific issues, okay? So he had told the elders what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to be uh, uh, leading. He says, you know, don't uh, shepherd the flock not under compulsion, but exercise this oversight voluntarily according to the will of God, because it's God's will for you to do this, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Now, I know sometimes people come back and say, well, that means that our church leadership and everything, it should be totally volunteer. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, we were in a church for a while, and I don't know if this is true or not, but in the back of my mind, it seems like I heard them, some people saying some things about this. They really didn't trust anybody who was a preacher that got paid. They also didn't trust a, a and would not have a preacher that had gone to a school or that studied. They wanted him to sit down and open up the Word of God and at that moment tell him what it meant. And therefore, they sort of interpreted that as meaning that, uh, well, that must be the Holy Spirit that is telling him that at that moment. Well, that's not exactly correct either. You do see in Scripture that we are to study to show ourselves approved, right? You do see in Scripture that uh, those who receive something from somebody, particularly the teaching of the Word of God, are to share with those that teach uh, the resources they have. Okay, You see that reciprocal type of relationship. And so what he's saying here is not for sordid gain. The idea being that you're doing this to where you can get the big bucks, for lack of a better term, okay, uh, to where you can get not just what you need to live on, but sordid gain, more than you need to live on, as much as you can get from that group of people. He says, no, you don't do that. He said, you don't lord over them, but you you are an example. You prove to be an example. Then he had told the younger men, remember, you, you need to be subject to your elders. And then he told all of us to clothe ourselves with humility before one another. And you remember why? Because God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So he said, therefore, this is verse 6 now, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. If we don't cast our anxiety and our cares upon him, he's not going to be able to care for us, because what we've done is we have usurped his role. Yeah, we may say, oh, he's God, he's God, but the way we're acting, the way we're living, we're declaring that we are God and that we can handle it. A lot of times people will say things like, well, I just didn't want to bother God with it. You know, that's sort of cute, and I know where they're coming from. Uh, that just means that they just have a very uh, uh, <laughs> incomplete understanding of who God is. There is no limit to the bother of God. You cannot call upon the Lord too many times, okay? It is no bother to God. Now, verse 8, he says this, coming right out of that. That's the reason I set the context again. Verse 8, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Now, again, that doesn't mean don't be drunk, though that is a declaration in the Scripture. We are not to uh, overindulge in anything. We're not to overindulge in drink. We're not to overindulge in food. We're not to overindulge in relationship. We're not to overindulge in stuff. 
really, in stuff. If the Lord grants us abundance in things, it is for meeting the needs of others. The scripture tells us that. And so if I have an extra shirt and someone needs a shirt, I need to give them the shirt. And when you look at the body of Christ today, that's not particularly the way we live. But he's telling us in, in this word sober, it means to be serious. Be of a serious spirit. Be on the alert. Again, as I've said before, it doesn't mean you can't laugh. It doesn't mean that you ha can't, quote, unquote, have a good time. But what it does mean is that there's a seriousness of what we are in. He says, be on the alert. Well, why be on the alert? The next part of the verse tells us, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And he, he's saying this is the reason that we must be on the alert. This is the reason that we must humble ourselves. This is the reason we must cast our cares upon him. Because the enemy, the devil, our adversary, he's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is actively doing that. Now, we can also understand that the Lord is actively doing some things. The Scripture tells us in two or three places, I think Second Chronicles 16 is one of them, that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth looking for a man who's seeking him, whose heart is after him, and a man that God can do things in and through. The Lord is seeking too. We also know that we have an advocate before us every time the adversary comes and condemns us. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have a role and responsibility right here to be of sober spirit, to be on the alert. You just cannot live the life of the kingdom and go, la di da di da di da di da well, everything's fine. I've got my fire insurance and, you know, I can play with this. I can do this and do that. And if I do sin, then God will forgive me. No, no, no. We need to be on the alert and be serious, folks. And then he tells us how, what to do because the enemy is running around. Like his verse 9 says this. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And if you remember what he's written up to this time in this letter, he spoke of suffering, and he spoke of how the Lord Jesus Christ is actually our example. Okay, He is our example in, uh, in that suffering. So if he suffered, we should not be surprised at the fiery trials that come our way. But what should we do? We should resist him. Resist him. And, you know, the scripture tells us in several places to stand firm against him. Resist the evil one and he will flee you. <laughs> People say, well, I've done that, but he came right back. Well, no joke. Yeah. You resist. He comes back. What do you do again? You resist again. He'll come back a different kind of way. You resist again. That's the reason he's saying be sober of spirit. Be on the alert because the enemy will try multitudes of ways to bring us down and to bring things against us. So he says this, resisting, firm in your faith. Notice that this resistance is not just something we do within the physical realm. We resist based upon faith, upon who the Lord Jesus Christ is, upon who the Father is, and upon who they are in us. So we resist, firm in this faith, knowing, you know what, the experience is a suffering. So apparently this resisting uh, might bring about suffering. This is nothing new. This It says it's being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Accomplished? We don't often think of suffering as being an accomplishment. If anything, we look at people who are suffering and thinking that they have not accomplished it. Something's happened in their life, so something must be wrong. And he says, no, 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 that's not at all what's going on. 
He says, you resist him, you stand firm in faith. Now let me read the last couple of verses right here because it sort of ends in a doxology kind of way. Verse 10, after you have suffered for a little, a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. <laughs> so Peter is saying, you know what? After you've suffered for a little while, whatever that may mean, you know, we think of everything as being within this corporeal existence within our life. It may be that you suffer the entirety of life, and then it, after you've gone into glory that you will receive these things. Because he says, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I'll tell you what, there's some great things right there which we're not going to get into right now. We'll pick it up next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you soon. <music>